they're Ben and Aaron And they love sharing About their love for Jesus And food covered in cheeses Weird news, history, sports regaled From a generation raised playing Oregon Trail National celebrations almost every day There's only one thing I have to say Don't you point or stare their lack of hair. Yes, they're follically challenged, so sing along with the biblical Baldy Ballad. Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. If you don't know what I mean, read 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 23. Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. If you don't know what I mean, if you don't know what I mean, come and take a listen to your two bald kings. Blessed be baldy buddies and welcome to another episode of the Get Out of Here Baldy podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Michaud, and I'm joined by, as always, Pastor Ben Hitsfield. Brother, this is episode 78. That's great. Seven eight, I like it. Yeah, no, it's good. Every every number seems significant from from here on up. So. I just, you know, one of these days, I'm like, we're gonna have to start putting in three digits. That's crazy. <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. <laughs> and I had a, I had a new person tell me on Sunday that uh, she listens to our podcast. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, that's pretty cool stuff, man. God bless these people that keep coming back for more. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Every, every once in a while, maybe there's a nugget, you know, who mm-hmm. knows? Who knows? Uh, well, I was checking out, there, there's some good national days of the week, like, uh, mm-hmm. of, of the month. I think there was like National Pancake Day, which would have been worth talking about. Um, there were some other ones. But when I looked into this day in history, uh, let's see, March 1st will be what, Thursday or Friday? Um, I think it's Friday. Friday, mm-hmm. Friday, so Friday, March first. Well, in eighteen seventy-two, on March first, Yellowstone became the f- world's first national park. Hmm. Okay, wow. So, wow. And so, I was doing some research. There's, I think, like four hundred and sixty some odd parks, but only sixty-three of them of those sites have the designation national park. So Yellowstone was the first of what is now 63 national parks. And have you ever been to Yellowstone? I have not. But, man, that's it's on our to-do list really soon. You know, sadly, I don't think I've been either. Like, I've driven through the area where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know a lot of times it gets a little crazy, especially in summertime. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, when we were moving down here from Washington, we didn't – we should have probably stopped, but we didn't. Mm. Um, or anything else, but I hear it is just absolutely mm. gorgeous. Oh, is that where and, Old Faithful is? Yes, okay. I believe that is correct. Hmm. And it's a pretty expansive park, um, and so I think just beautiful area. Like we went to one up near there in Montana called. Again, I think I don't know that maybe this is part of the national park. I forget one, but Starlight Canyon up in Montana, somewhere up there. Mm. Um, but the Yellowstone, the main park, um, go and see an old faithful or anything like that. I haven't. Um, now, are you guys kind of do you like national parks? Do you like outdoorsy kind of things at all? 
Um, I like the idea. Or it's not like not high on your, hey, if we get a vacation. I like the idea. Of, um, <laughs> I, you know, uh, I'm not certainly not opposed to, to going in. And like I said, we'll probably do Yellowstone at some point. Um, or something, you know, that's within, I don't even, I, I'm saying driving distance, but it's probably further than what my mind thinks it is. So, um, but, um, you know, it would, it, it would be one of those things where we would probably go, you know, where, where some people would go and do some hiking, you know, and, and do, um, like I wouldn't mind that, but I don't think Beck and Eliana would be too keen on getting out there and, and do much hiking. So it'd be more like, like park and see, you know, and then drive and park and see. So, yeah. <laughs> so. so now have you guys been to any national parks, um, at all? Hmm. You know, I'm trying to think I've been, we've been all like, I'm sure Washington DC has some, mm. or maybe it's those funny. are, like, maybe those are it, monuments. So, well, I, cause I was looking at the map. Mm. It's like, I don't think we have one. There's not one in Kansas. Okay. Not one in Missouri. Close, right? They're down in Arkansas. We've got one over in what's east of Missouri there. Is that south of Michigan? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm looking in New Mexico because. Oh, New Mexico's got a few. Um, But like Oklahoma doesn't. So like the Midwest is kind of like. The wasteland for national parks. Well, that's kind of sad. Um, obviously, Wyoming and Montana yeah. kind of being a stronghold. Alaska's got a bunch. California's got a bunch. Um, West coast of Washington had a few. Um, well, it doesn't look like I, I mean, yeah, I don't know if I've ever actually been intentionally to one. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I've probably like passed, passed by it and see a sign for something. And so maybe I'd say, but anyways. So I, guess- I was. It was funny. I was looking over this list of sixty three, and mm-hmm. I was. I was like, man, I have not been. I thought mm-hmm. I would have been more. Yeah. Um, and we, I think, wow. on a cruise, we got to go, go up to Glacier Bay in Alaska. Um, I, and I've been to the ones in Hawaii. So Haleakala National Park has a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely, we would live there. Um, is there any, I guess, okay, Yellowstone's obviously like one of the ones that you definitely want to yeah. do. Or is there another one that you're thinking of? Um, like one of the ones mm-hmm. I've always wanted to go to because I hear it's just incredible is the Redwoods. Oh, oh The gosh, Redwood National sounds, Park up in California. That sounds amazing. Um, oh. I wouldn't mind doing that. Um, I really enjoyed my time in New Mexico. Um, there's a petroglyph. Yeah, uh, which is a national monument that would be pretty cool to go and see, um, do some stuff. Santa Fe has got one. It looks like uh, that's a part of a historic trail, so I wouldn't mind doing that. Um, I'm, and I'm sure Texas has a, has a number of of um, of them. And of course, we lived in Texas for a number of years, and so hopefully one of these days we'll. I, I guess probably what, what I'm le- what I'm learning from this segment is we just need to put a national park on a list. And just do it one by one, whatever we can do. Dude, there, well, the closest one I'm looking at is probably down in Arkansas. And they got the Hot Springs National Park. Okay. And that that sounds like my speed. (laughs) (laughs) 
like, I want to do a national park. I'm going to sit in some hot springs for a little bit. <laughs> Might as well just go like turn it into a hot tubbing event. That would be that would be awesome. <laughs> That's great. Is that in Hot Springs, Arkansas? Does that, it say? Well, maybe. Let's see. I'm just looking at it. Going. <laughs> da, 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 da. Keep the pace down. Uh, well, that doesn't. That's not really helpful. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> where that's located. I'm, I'm sure it's probably a big one, but we haven't been down to Arkansas yet. And everyone says like, that's where you got to go. I mean, cause the Ozarks here are pretty beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, here we go. Garland County, Arkansas. Hmm. So okay. let's see where it's. Yeah. There is a hot Springs. Arkansas. Okay, so that's so the town. Figure. My mom and uh, stepdad are in hot Springs quite a bit. I'm seeing some friends. So, Oh, well, there you go. So we may try that, try that out sometime. And on the way down, stop and see them as shows. In- Dude, look at that. Yeah. I want to find out how far, how far is that from here. Yeah. So it's about a four-hour drive down That's there. not bad. That's good. Okay. We should, uh, you know what? We might have to put that on our summer to-do list. Although, I don't know if I want to be in hot springs in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Maybe next winter. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas or Maybe something. Maybe in the fall. There we go. There we go. So yeah. listeners, if you, if you, mm-hmm. if we have some people who are kind of like national park junkies, mm-hmm. again, we know kind of some of the biggies, but yeah. of the 63, if there's some others that yeah. you're like, you should really check this one out. Yeah. Or even if you know some, some good parks that aren't, they don't qualify for the 63 yeah. um, that are nearby. Let us know. Cause again, we'd like to expand our horizons. Um, for sure. And pretend yeah. to be outdoorsy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Drive and see. Drive and see. <laughs> Drive and see. <laughs> All right. Well, because Yellowstone, what comes to mind when I think Yellowstone mm-hmm. is our honorary Baldy of the Week, Yogi Bear. Hey, hey, boo-boo. Uh, now, I could have gone Kevin Costner or Yellowstone, but he's not bald. I was like looking at pictures of him. I was like, well, I guess yeah. I got a head of hair. Yeah. Um, so I chose a bear, which has a full coat of fur, but I don't know, it feels but, better. It's a cartoon bear. So. I mean, it kind of goes along with the Cartoon bears and bald people are in the same category. Right. I just feel like that's a thing. So if you're not familiar with Yogi Bear, he is an animal character who appeared in numerous comic books, animated television shows, and films. And he made his debut in 1958, wow. making us feel young. As a supporting character in the Huckleberry Hound show, Yogi Bear was the first breakout character in animated television, and he was created by Hannah uh, Barbera and, and was eventually more popular than his Austin star Huckleberry Hound. In January 1961, he was giving his, given his own show, the Yogi Bear show, sponsored by Kellogg's, mm which included the segments of Snagglepuss and Yaki Doodle. So um, these cartoons are a little bit before our time, Ben, but do you remember uh, Yogi Bear? And if so, like what, like what stuck with you from that cartoon? Yeah. We watched a little bit. Um, It was one of those shows that it was, it was on some channel. I don't know if it was on Nickelodeon or what it was on, but uh, we watched we watched it sometimes when it was on. I wouldn't say that I'm a yogi aficionado, uh, but I didn't hate it, you know. And there were certainly other one other cartoons that we didn't like, uh, you know, like, like that were on our 
lower on our list of, of favorites. So, <clears throat> um, and what I what I remember is <laughs> the tagline, uh, "Hey, hey, boo, boo," you know. And so, of course, his his friend Boo Boo, I guess, with the little bow tie. Yeah. Hey, that a was pretty baby cool. Bear with the bow tie. A baby bear with a bow tie. That's pretty cool. So, uh, but other than that, I don't remember too much really about the plot lines or, and I couldn't even tell you what my favorite episode is. Yeah. I know sometimes like, I think he was like trying to escape the park or steal picnic baskets. Yeah. I feel like those were the, the two yeah. things I remember him trying to do. Yeah. And I actually like cartoons back then it was like simple. It was like, he's going to try new ways of trying to escape the park. Yeah. Or new ways of trying to get his hand on a picnic basket. Because he kind of like knew yeah. going in that this was yeah. it was a very simple plot line, uh, but they were going to do a lot of comic mm. failings of him failing at those two tasks. But he claimed um, to be smarter know, than the average something bear. Just beautifully simple about those. Like one uh, one that was closer to our time was uh, the Animaniacs, <laughs> Pinky and the Brain. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just, like, what uh-huh. are we going to do? What we do every day, Pinky, try to take over the world. And it was just, like, these play- failed plots of these two, like, lab mice um, <laughs> to, to take over the world. I, there's just something, I, I like the simplicity of the plot line. Yeah. Um, he didn't have to get overly invested, um, you know. Yeah. There wasn't a lot to keep track of. Yeah, right, yeah. You didn't have to, if you missed an episode or two, you you didn't get lost in what was going on. Yeah. It was a a simple, simple. Now here's an interesting thing that I was reading about Yogi bear. They ended up, you know how he has a collar with a tie. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons they did that was to keep the head and the body animation separate. Oh, Oh wow. Okay. So what What it allowed them to do was reduce the number of animations Interesting. Like if he was moving his head, you only had to worry about that. You could just freeze frame the body or vice versa. And it allowed them to like reduce um, animations from like, I think it was like 14,000 drawings to like 2,000 drawings Crazy. per seven minute episode or whatever. Wow. And that was a cost savings tactic. Goodness. <laughs> So, yeah, if you've ever wondered, like, oh, they have that collar. It's like it really does wow. separate his head from his body. Well, that was by design. That's and interesting. it's weird to think about, like, animation yeah. back then. Yeah. Like, how different. Like, now we've got computers that would do all that for you, or you could right. duplicate, copy, and paste drawings. Um, but here it was, like, like much more manual. Um, it makes me wonder how many trees it took to create a cartoon. Like, just one episode. <laughs> Yellowstone Forest doesn't exist because of Yogi Bear, right? Like that's, that's what that is, we're looking at. That's hilarious, uh, man! Wow, old Yogi. Now, yeah. So one yeah. of the one of the gimmicks in the show was him trying to get people's picnic baskets, um, which, like, again, they're making light of something that in real life would be quite horrifying. Because I guess if I saw like a grizzly bear yeah. when I was in Yellowstone trying to eat my picnic basket, this is not a something you laugh about. But Yogi True. was uh, a, a different kind of bear, and yeah. Certainly not nearly as yeah. threatening. I was going to say, but if I you saw, say, it got me yeah. thinking. Like, when is the last time you used a well, picnic basket? Well, it's been that's been a long time ago. Um, I think last time I used a picnic basket was back in Bible college when I took Becca on a little date. And, oh, uh, you were wooing your wife. So nice. we uh, we went to uh, the the bandstand at Manhattan City Park, and. Um, 
Oh, gosh. Okay, so I had a portable DVD player, and we watched... Uh, okay. Oh gosh. What was that? It was, um, oh, along came Polly. <laughs> we watched along came Polly. Rom-com. <laughs> we watched that. And, uh, I don't even know. I don't remember what we had. Probably sandwiches or something. Sandwiches, chips, maybe some pudding, maybe some fruit. And I had a little blanket and, uh, and I think I even, I took a, a couch a small couch from our one of our dorm rooms and put it there and just put it set it up on, on the bandstand you know and we had our our little meal we sat on the blanket and then we watched uh, along came polly right there and uh dinner and a movie yeah it was great and and i i had a, a basket i had a picnic basket for that so and i don't know where it went to but what about you that's awesome. Well, we had one. We, we did a couple of picnics when we lived up in Spokane. Um, we did that kind of when we were dating, too. Sure. Um, it's funny how those things fall off when you have kids. <laughs> um, but my mom got us like this super nice, like, picnic basket one time that had, like, all, you know, little slots for all the silverware and, like, any, like, even, like, mini wine glasses. Um, that you could pull out, and so we had that for a while. And I think, and I think in our move, we probably sold it or something. But um, we used to go out and go for a little bit of a hike and set up shop uh, down by the Spokane River nice. and take in the sights and sounds. So we like we would um, we actually do like being outdoorsy people. It's just sometimes life catch ups and sure. catch and you don't don't do it as much but <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> there is something about uh i don't know like everything tastes better on a picnic yeah i think so too I, I, think, I wouldn't touch at yeah, home yeah it's like when i'm on a picnic it's like i walked five minutes <laughs> i deserve I it eat. that's right that's right yeah. no you're right i think i think the average food that you make at home if you put it in a picnic picnic basket and then take it out outdoors yeah there's something a it's little, gourmet when you're out there i think so that's, that's like, this cool. is not a granola bar, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. a win. Absolutely. Now, I, I will say this about, about bears. Um, if, if you were on a picnic and you saw a bear coming for your food, but he was wearing a collar and a tie, I'd be a little less scared of that bear. That's true. You know, he'd be less intimidating. So I kind of figured that was why maybe they put that around him, but... I guess learning about the animation that makes sense too. And maybe they did want to, you know, that was the other part of it that, you know, they, they wanted him to be a little less of a predator bear and more of a, just a nuisance bear. Um, and you know, one of the things Yogi claimed to be was smarter than the average bear. And That's one of, yeah, the, one of the catchphrases. Mm-hmm. That's right. Smarter than, so there was a, <laughs> there's a quote that I looked up. Uh, he said where Yogi says, I don't think we, we do get smarter as we get older, I th- I just think we run out of stupid things to do as we get older. So not smarter, just run out of stupid things. Yes. To do. Running, that's right. Yeah, I love it. Yogi <laughs> Bear, man. Well, and that was like those things were built around these quippy little sayings or and he he had a lot of like little different rhymes and different things. And I don't know, like the I think that's what I like about that kind of simple character is yeah. there were some just little wisdom nuggets 
And it wasn't built around like crazy action or whatever, but just kind of silly slapstick comedy. Sure. And yeah. then every once in a while, they'll try to s- slip in a little nugget to make you think about something. It's true. That's good. I love it. Yogi Bear. So if you and uh, there's Blast from the Past, it was Asa actually, he saw me putting together the podcast episode. And I have a little picture of Yogi here in our notes. That's awesome. And. He goes, who's that? I go, Yogi Bear? You don't know Yogi Bear? He's like, no. I'm like, pull up a chair. So we pulled up uh, a YouTube and watched a couple clips of Yogi Bear. So, <laughs> nice. so now he knows. Was, was he impressed? Now he knows. He, uh, he actually liked it. He thought okay. it was okay. Right. I mean, I don't think it was. I mean, what does him and my, my other son watch right now? Something that's just like action-filled, like nonstop <laughs> exploding of things. So uh, it wasn't quite on, on par there. But Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, just, it's just hilarious when you see them watching their cartoons. And I go back and watch something like that. I'm like, ah, things, times have changed. Things are a little different. Mm-hmm. Well, Yogi Bear, you're our Baldy of the Week, even though you have a coat of fur. And this is one bear that we don't have to beware. So That's right. There you go. That's right. <laughs> going it. back to our closing tagline there. Yeah, there it is. I'm going to read... <laughs> Kings and think of Yogi and Boo Boo coming out and just mauling a bunch of small children. <laughs> Get out of here, Baldy. Get let's, out of here. Let's draw that. <laughs> That'll ruin people's childhood. <laughs> there you have it. So you guys continued your 24 Hours That Changed the World uh, series. Um, and we're in the Garden of Gethsemane this week. And yeah, so yeah. I think you said Cindy was uh, sharing this week, right? Yeah, Cindy preached on Sunday. So, um, and she was she in the she's in the Mark version. Yep. All right. So Mark fourteen thirty two through forty two. Um, so talk us a, a little through some of the things that she shared from that passage. So <clears throat> the first one was was just a. A connection to our human experience because she had mentioned how the disciples fell asleep. And I, I liked how she started the message because instead of just reading the text, she had uh, Ben uh, from the youth group uh, who graduated oh, yeah. last year. Uh, she had him read like the parts of Jesus going to the disciples and waking them up. And so, mm. and she read all the other parts. So that was kind of cool. Um, but, um, so she mentioned that, you know, the disciples go to the garden with Jesus and they fall asleep. And she goes, maybe we can have some sympathy for him. She was like, it's probably close to midnight. They've just got done eating some food, some good food. They've probably had some wine. In fact, they, and they did have some wine. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, so like she said, which of us hasn't fallen asleep in prayer? <laughs> okay, well fine cindy put it that way so that that was kind of that was that was a good reminder um but then one of the things that i really appreciated that she brought into the story um and this may have come from her reading of adam hamilton's book because i think he may he kind of leans into it a little bit is that in the garden jesus is really he's struggling between his two natures between um his, his human side and and the, the divine side and you know, the human side knows that crucifixion is the absolute worst way to die. Um, he knows that Judas is about to betray him. He knows that his disciples are about to desert him. And so, I mean, just all out agony 
drops of blood. And I don't know if Mark mentions that, but it's in, I think one of the other mm-hmm. um, gospels. And so, you know, Jesus human side really, you know, and of course and it comes through in the prayer. Um, if it's possible, would you remove this cup from me is what Jesus says to praise to God. And, but then he says, nevertheless, it's not my will, but yours be done. And so um, I really appreciated how, you know, sometimes, sometimes when we as Christians read that passage um, or any passage about Jesus, we just kind of have him on automatic. Like, you know, these things are, are set in stone. This is what he's going to do. And so he just does it without thinking. And uh, this is one instance where we see that, no, I mean, there, there's real uh, there's real agony there. And Jesus knows what's coming. And he has to battle what his flesh wants to do versus what the spirit wants him to do. And so um, I pr- really appreciate how Cindy brought that out and reminded us that, you know, it really... It, it's it's similar for us as well um, because we every day have an opportunity to uh, satisfy the flesh, the desires of the flesh, or to walk in the spirit. And mm. <laughs> the flesh wants to do its own thing. The flesh is, is a strong, um, is a strong personality with, with all of us. Um, and so it would be wise of us to, to find time to, to give more, room for the spirit to speak into our life and to deny the flesh um, more <laughs> than what we do. Mm. So I think that th- that was really so th- the big thing that came out in Cindy's message. And when I think of the garden of Gethsemane. Yeah, no, I th- like that's awesome that she really pressed into that because I mean, all we often think about the temptation of Jesus when he goes off into the wilderness for 40 days. Right. Yeah. And that's really yeah. like connecting him to Israel's wilderness wanderings, whereas Gethsemane here, I really do feel like it's it's hearkening back to humanity's first choice, yeah. right? And like this is where I think that Jesus as a new Adam starts Absolutely. to come through, even here in the Gospels. Yeah. Um, but like you said, that there's not there's it, it, it wasn't easy. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that he was fully human, yeah. and the agony of obedience. Yeah, um, for sure. That even even God in human skin, like experienced that that wrestling and that just for self preservation. Sure, right. I mean, I think, and I, isn't yeah. that the most one of the most fundamental human instincts? For sure, um, absolutely. Is that and yeah, like I said, I mean, crucifixion. Very understandable. Mm. Crucifixion is not a. Uh, easy way to go by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, but yeah, that and that. I, I just think of that when Jesus comes out of the wilderness, it's not over. Um, and if, like I think it was when we were doing one of the lectionary texts that one of the uh, guys I was interacting with and reading, he like talked about that that mm-hmm. the, the temptation in the Gospel of Mark is actually ongoing throughout the Gospel, kind of yeah. culminating in this yeah. moment. Sure. This is one of those ones where, where uh, Jesus, uh, again, his first wandering out in there in the wilderness is kind of the first presentation of temptation. But if you read mm. the text closely, that yeah. that theme comes up numerous times where he denies it, and then the, and then here kind of overcomes that, um, which is hugely significant. 
And so, I, I mean, as you've been thinking over uh, what Cindy shared and just reflecting on that text, is there something this week that the Lord's kind of just been impressing on you? Yeah, I mean, it's it reminds me of the Garden of Gethsemane is just like a little, it goes well with the season of Lent because Lent is kind of a 40-day mm. Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, it's really being intentional about about prayer being intentional about um, just being mindful of the things that so easily distract us mm -hmm. and that have power over us. Um, and again, as we've, we've talked about these things before, they're not always things that are inherently bad, but when they, when they take up so much energy <clears throat> and attention, um, each one of us knows what those things are that, take us down paths that are just unhealthy for our, our, whether it's our mental state of being, whether it's a distraction from um, remembering what God would have us to remember um, in, in life, the, the truths. Um, and maybe for some of us, it's the, it's the voice of, of Satan, um, you know, in, in the garden. Oh, what was the passion of the Christ? Um, the yeah. movie, I, I think they depict Satan there. Uh, very mm -hmm. strongly with with Jesus in the garden, you know. Because um, yeah, I think the snake even comes out. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like, I really like that depiction mm. because I think they're capturing what the biblical yeah. writers are kind of alluding to. Absolutely, yeah. So, so I, I mean, I need to go back and watch that scene because that that's such a such a powerful uh, reminder that what Satan wanted Jesus to do was to go the route of I'm going to call in t down 10,000 angels and save myself and preserve myself. <clears throat> but the problem with that is, <laughs> as Paul says in Philippians, um, you know, he has this, this grand in Philippians 2 that Jesus lets go of the privileges of deity and he gives himself over to being crucified death on a cross and then paul's conclusion at that point is and because he did this he's exalted to the highest place uh and so if jesus would have decided thanks but no thanks <laughs> these people are terrible <laughs> i'm gonna save myself <laughs> and i'm gonna i'm gonna give my betrayers and my enemies what they deserve if jesus had gone the scorched earth route um then there, there, there's no exaltation of Jesus. Um, the only way that he's exalted to the place that he is is by going to the cross. And, uh, and of course, the, where that happens, where his exaltation happens, is at this hour of, of crucifixion that's, that's coming up. And so, mm -hmm. wow. Um, but <laughs> and Jesus, like, he knows that in his mind. Like, this is his hour of glorification. I mean, he talks about it in John, but... Holy cow, that's not how I picture being like if I was to be honored and glorified and exalted. <laughs> I don't want to come through a cross. <laughs> no. Well, it's interesting. I mean, because that's what, like in the first part of the Peter passage, it really even talks about that pattern mm. Um, mm. and that invitation into Jesus. I, I love that you guys are in this because it's you're highlighting like mm. parts of Jesus's life that Peter 
draw, draws from as he's encouraging the church. So <laughs> like, I love going back and reading what you guys are in. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is, he's kind of tapping yeah. into this. Absolutely. Um, to encourage the church. Absolutely. And as, as you're talking, I'm ha- like, I not the message we did this week, but uh, the one I've uh, kind of prepared for this coming week, mm. the, the idea of submission. And I, as I've kind of wrestled with like just three times, I think it's be subject, be subject the governing authorities, masters be subject to your, your ma- or slaves be subject to your masters, wives be subject to your husband. I've been thinking about that this word that's used. It's um, one scholar who says it's really it's the negative of withdraw. So I think we think mm. of mm. blind obedience. It's but it's mm. this idea of engagement. Wow. And I think right Jesus here is modeling, mm. but the temptation is to flee. Yeah, right to not step fully oh, into this good. engagement because it's going to be painful. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really is Absolutely. just being in uh, like, he understands that as he continues to engage with other humans and uh, just subject himself to the mm. will of the Lord, that it's going to come. And, but, and that, so it's interesting that all of those calls that Peter will place on these other peoples, uh, he just centers it on, on Jesus, the model of, of Jesus in the center of that text. And this is such a, a perfect highlight text of yeah. exactly what that looked like for Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Um, and the agony of obedience to that call, the agony of, of continuing to engage um, with others and identify with humans. Um, and so I just, I, I love that Jesus Again, like was willing to admit, like, man, it's real tempting to to flee this call. Absolutely, yeah. But but instead, he presses in. Yeah, right. And no, just knowing that is like, man, that's the. Now we have that same invitation to when when we know it's going to hurt, mm-hmm. uh, continue to press in and step into what God calls us to. That's good, man. Um, Absolutely, wow. No, I like that. I like that idea of the word subject being uh, engaging um, and not withdrawing. That's good. That's that's a powerful. Um, Dude, go re- go like because I mean we'll talk about this in great detail next week because I'm going to preach on it. But sure. Two, so um, two eleven through like three twelve. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, in First Peter, go read. Be subject with that lens. It's like, man, it really just begins to reshape. It takes, I don't know, to me it just makes the, the passage make a lot mm-hmm. more sense. Mm-hmm. Like, what is he actually after? That's good. It's so funny because now I'm going to give away my message, but I don't care. Because <laughs> I'm so excited about this observation. Um, like, because all of the, like, in being subject, it's yeah. like they're totally undermining the Roman system. Yeah, wow. It's it's very interesting because it's, it's very... Sub- like being subject actually leads to subversion mm. of worldly values and hierarchies. And it's really, it's, it's so cool. It's so like is, be subject wow. and subvert the whole thing. So this is, that's a little preview for your message. There you go. Like, like, oh okay. man, man, that's good. About it. I can see <laughs> folks tune in. That's going to be awesome. Well, you know, I mean, sometimes you like go through passage and you're like, okay, I, I mean, I learned a little bit or something. Mm-hmm. This was one of those ones where it was like something got unlocked for me. Nice. And I love preaching on those because it's like mm-hmm. now I'm just sharing all this new new <laughs> insight that I like learned this week, uh, which will be fun. I love it. 
So wait, so uh, so from the garden, what's the next step? So we what's are going the- now to uh, before uh, the Sanhedrin, Pilate, and Peter. So Oof. it's going to be that that text, and I think what I want to concentrate on is like we we all knew that the Romans and Pilate, like that's that's not shocking, you know. But the Sanhedrin, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I guess, I guess knowing what the Sanhedrin was, and you know, like they weren't when when we think of a group of religious leaders, <laughs> seventy religious leaders in our minds, we think it's like a squeaky clean, you know. But there's a lot of corruption in the Sanhedrin, you know. And so, uh, but these are people who, gosh, they were they were so so well versed in in the Torah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, so you, you go from basically Sanhedrin to, to Pilate and then to Peter. And so kind of going one by one and just thinking a little bit about those circumstances of Jesus and um, what's happening in his interaction with them. So that's what's coming up this oh, yeah. Sunday. Can, there's some great lines in there from Jesus, yeah. too. Yeah. I'm just looking at it real quick. Oh, yeah, you're going to have a field day. Should be fun. Okay. Right on. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> um well, so we were we were in First Peter. We we're supposed to be in First Peter one thirteen through two ten, okay. um, but poor David Parrish got the mm, flu. Yikes! So he let me know uh, Saturday that he's like, "Man, I don't think it's going to be a good idea for me to be there and get everybody else sick." And I said, "No, please stay home." And so I I started to whip up a message, <laughs> and uh, again, we kind of have the the host role, right? Yeah. That kind of walks through the liturgy. Sure. Um, and so I reach out to the, some of the other guys, seeing if they wanted me to do both or what they wanted yeah. to do. And they go, well, "Don't throw together a message. What? Let's just read the book of First Peter as okay. the sermon. Okay. Let's just do that." Um, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? This sounds like a great idea." And <laughs> nice. I'm so glad uh-huh. that they had that idea because everyone loved it. That's cool. And now I think. Next, the next time we go into a book, if it's short enough, yeah, the first one in the series is we'll probably going to be just read the book, yeah. read it aloud, yeah, uh, and as a sermon and go. For, I mean, it's what the early church did, so yeah. I guess it makes sense. Sure. But like, um, so it was one of those happy accidents, and I think the that's cool. I, I told I told David, I said, I'm sorry, we <laughs> the Lord had to give you the flu that we would actually listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it's going to work out in the long run for us as a church. Um, That's cool. So it was really cool. Yeah, we just uh, so we kind of broke up First Peter, and it has kind of three major movements. And so three of us just got up there and read the whole thing. Um, but I had been talking to David and um, kicking around. Like I, I drew up a quick outline on Saturday, and so I thought, hey, we'll just kind of talk through the text a little bit. Sure. And. After his introduction, um, Peter really, he kind of opens this whole idea of, he talks about, I think the action verb there is, he says, set your hope Mm. on the the day to come. And he he Mm. talks about preparing your mind for action and all these things, but all those are modifiers Mm. uh, of set your hope. And right after that, he goes, be holy because God is holy. And David had really kind of made this connection between um, holiness and hope. That I think the way he said it in one of our conversations was, "Holiness is hope manifested." Mm. 
And I like, I was like, that's good. Wow. Um, okay. I remember that one. Yeah. And it's this idea of, I think we can think of holiness as, as simply like external behavior. Sure. But it's no, it's it's what happens when we live, think, hmm. and breathe hmm. in, in the hope to come. Interesting. Um, and so Peter, what I love is at the, at the front of his letter, because he's going to ask them to, to do some difficult things, yeah. to really engage with suffering and not avoid it. And But what he first points to is the return of Jesus. He mm. says, you got to set your hope mm-hmm. there. If you're not living as that, as if that moment's now, yeah. none of this is really going to happen. Mm. And so, yeah, I, I really, I, I felt like the good challenge there mm. is if, if I'm not feeling like I'm living right, right in holiness, yeah. I probably need to do a hope check. Oh, Okay, right? I like that, that. That's actually where I not just do better. It's like, what am I? Do I really believe that yeah. God said He's going to do what He's He's going to do? Yeah. And and if I'm rooting myself in that kind of hope, hmm. then I think holiness is it will it'll that is the fruit that will be born out of that. Interesting. I like um, that connection. And so as I was kind of thinking through through that, and again, holy just means like again different, set apart, unique. Yeah. Right. Um, and he he goes on and in like. Uh, the end of chapter one, he really talks really about li- like be holy because I am holy. But then he talks about again you're going to live holy, but it's not. The more I sat with this text, like it's not just about the behavior; it's about who you're living for. Yeah, mm. he really talks about like living for Christ. Rather, and I think um, he doesn't really say don't live for yourself, but I think that's the implication is that sure. your life orientation who you're living for is different because of hope mm, mm. So, uh, who we live for is different mm. and then he goes on and he talks about that you're called to love one another like from a pure heart and there's this idea that hope will actually lead like us to be able to love others just differently than we're able to or than than the people who don't have hope in jesus we can just love others like in a selfless kind of way. Um, And so our love is different. Mm. And at the beginning of chapter two, he'll talk about, you know, long for these pure spiritual things. And there's something about like what hope does is it actually, what we long for is now different. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So like, again, who we live for, how we love, what we long for, all that's Mm. different because we've set our hope on um, something that transcends the reality we're in. And then it kind of closes out that passage with, you know, talking about you're you're the holy ones, uh, royal priesthood, holy nation, who are are now representing the holy one, um, and so you, you again you just step into this great calling, and that's going to set up the the following section that we'll look at for the next three weeks, where really turns out to like a kind of a testimony focus. Gotcha. Okay. So that, that hope transforms you, right? It, it mm. changes who you live for. It changes how you love. Changes even what you long for, and then it also shapes you and molds you into ones who would represent mm. uh, Jesus well. And then he'll pick up and start talking about what that looks like. Mm. And so again, we didn't get to preach on this, which sure. too bad. It's like there's. I mean, I, David and I are going to record a conversation oh, kind of like this later in the nice. week. Okay. Uh, and kind of put it up on, on our, our our podcast. I like that. Um, for people to listen to so they don't feel lost when we get into the sure. next section. 
were were you sure. tempted when you were reading first peter to like stop and make like an emphasis or something or make like a point or something oh yeah well luckily they didn't i mean that was the nice thing was i didn't have to read that first section that oh, yeah. like th- this that i kind of started to prepare um <laughs> and then i knew i was going to get to do the next section this nice. week is coming week so it'll be all right but that's awesome uh, wow so yeah, it's just it's really I, I don't know that that deep tie and link between uh, hope and holiness I think is so helpful because it just it really changes mm. that idea of holiness a little bit because that, that can be a churchy word that feels kind of like yeah. works based righteousness right. Um, right. or legalism or moralism yeah and you know the way Peter attaches it to mm. the hope of Jesus is coming yeah. I think just takes a takes it out of that context and really puts it in a different light. That's good. I I think that's helpful to, um, if you want to think of holiness in a different, uh, way. Yeah. To think of it in light of the hope that we, that we have, um, like that sets us apart from people who like, what was Peter's or Paul saying in first Thessalonians, we don't Mm -hmm. grieve as those who have no hope. Uh, we don't live our daily lives as those who have no hope. Today may suck, but Jesus is coming back at some point. Tomorrow may suck. Jesus is coming back, <laughs> and and you know I I love that uh, that Maranatha word, the Greek word Maranatha, <laughs> and the debate between you know does it mean Jesus has come or Jesus is coming? Well, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah he has come and he is coming, and so yeah, yeah, so he comes to us. In, in our worst and someday when he does come back for that second time, then the worst is over. The best is yet to come. Well, it's funny. It's like, uh, I think Andrew had talked about that again, time folding in on itself or whatever, mm-hmm. or the Bible project. One of the good depictions of this is what, the Bible project. If you've ever watched their day of the Lord video, yeah, it's almost like they, they do it as, um, you know, this present age, the age to come, mm. But it's almost like the, that reality can be true. Almost like two dimensions. Oh wow! Okay. Um, that even in this present moment, yeah. I can be, and I, I like that because it's uh, you know in time we think so linear. Linear. Yeah. And I don't know that the biblical concept of the day of the Lord. I mean, there is a there is a time sure. sense in which that happens, but there's also this sense of how can it be now but not yet? Oh yeah. Is yeah, that, yeah. that reality? can break through mm. like new creation has yeah. in some sense broken through and there's a fullness coming yeah. but so the way they visually did that with this kind of dimension thing mm. and jesus calling people to like transcend the reality they're experiencing and to live as though heaven is on earth right now mm. um, is the call and i just that that's kind of i think the idea that's good um, Mm-hmm. Of holiness mm-hmm. is not just about our behavior, but it's like understanding mm. and having that mindset. And you know, when I'm there, so whether it's the way I think, whether it's what I long for, whether it's my actions or anything else, mm. it's living as though that moment is present. That's great. Man. That's very well said. Yeah, and I think very helpful too. But so anyway, that first Peter chapter one, and yeah, we'll go, we'll keep going into it. And so next week it's, it's great. Cause I get to be, uh, I, what did I name the message? I think it's, uh, I think I'm the title I'm working with is at home in exile. Very oh, uh, nice. Okay. And so yeah. it should, we'll have a little fun of that. 
because he plays on household codes and all that. Sure. I think I'm so creative, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so proud of that title. That's so good, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I mean, I, that's one thing I've enjoyed uh, in the time that I've known you is how, you, how you're able to look at those passages and kind of geek out and get a little title and just get run it with something, man. So we'll, we'll see if it comes off or not. Um, That's awesome, dude. Plan is there. We'll see how we execute. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Final, final thoughts on your week, bud. Well, uh, tomorrow is the first day in the office for our new, she, we're calling her assistant pastor. Uh, okay. Her first Sunday was on this past Sunday and uh, Walinda, Charamuka is her name, and uh, she's she's going to be working with the youth, the high school youth. But then she's also got a lot of uh, musical background, musical skills. She's a uh, been an orchestra teacher uh, for a number of years, and uh, so she's gonna uh, she's gonna work with Mark and the praise team. Uh, she'll do stuff on Sundays with prayer and table, and we'll probably work in a sermon uh, a sermon or two, uh, you know, at some point. So. Um, but yeah, so 10 hours a week, you know, kind of starting off with just a little bit. Cause I think her, her plan is to, to be a full-time orchestra teacher. And I think she actually has a job next, um, next semester as a full-time orchestra teacher in Kansas city. So, so, but we get to have her, you know, just on a very part-time basis, kind of filling in, in a few places and, uh, just really cool how that came about. So, um, and there's been a, a, some God moments along the way. And, uh, so anyways, yeah, so we're going to be, she'll be first day in the office tomorrow. We'll do a little staff lunch and, uh, take her to some, to La Mesa, have some Mexican food and, uh, should be fun, man. So anyways, yeah. So that was, that's kind of what we're looking forward to, uh, this week. And then, yeah, I mean, Lent is just rolling along. Um, we've been doing the, the reverse advent calendar again for Lent this year. And this is our third year of doing that. And so, um, I noticed, like on Sunday when when they extinguish a second candle, that's always like a visual reminder for me. Like, okay, we're this far along in Lent, and so then this upcoming Sunday is uh, halfway. So we're about just about halfway through through Lent. I have to introduce that next year because our church would love that. I'll send you the uh, what we have on that. So the script and stuff, and your yeah, we got it from another church, and we've just been using it ourselves. So that'd be great. But, all right on, man. Yeah, what about well, you? I got I got my in-laws coming in. Right. My my father-in-law's moving to Branson full time. So th- I think they'll be in man. tomorrow or Wednesday. We'll see depending wow. on how how uh traffic goes, but Very coming cool. up from Florida, so I love it. <sighs> Wonderful times. Fun times, absolutely. Life so coming good. at you. <laughs> Well, folks, we hope that you have a wonderful week. And again, watch out for Yogi and (laughs) Boo-Boo. Hey, hey, Boo-Boo, grace and peace out.